This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Random Movie Generator. Absolutely. Myself, with my, yeah, absolutely. We must say the same thing every week with myself, David L, and with the grand and great David Edwards, David William Edwards. Put in that middle wow. name where you want to be grand and great. David W. Edwards. William the Cinema Conqueror. That's how I like to see myself. Do you? Absolutely. When I get up, when I rise from my duvet, I'm thinking, let's not just conquer life, let's conquer cinema. When you rise from your duvet, uh, genuine, honest honest answer, uh, how many minutes into the day before you start thinking about cinema and movies? Goodness me, let's have a think. Um, do you know what? It's how near I am to Friday, I think. How near I am to Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday are the cinema days, usually a Friday. And um, if it's getting nearer and nearer to that cinematic carrot on the end of the stick and I can smell the uh, the allotment odour from the carrot and it's very near for me to, um, to get my teeth Allot. around. Allotment. Allotment, not allotment. Allotment. Let's uh, use the English language. Please, um, if I pronounce a word wrong, please say to me. That's no, a guide. No, no, you guide me. Absolutely. Um, Torben <laughs> Dean style. Takes two to Sandra. Exactly. Exactly. Takes two to Bolero. Absolutely. Bolero. T- quite right to get that golden uh, medal. Well, I'm just a man of metaphors today, aren't I? There's nothing real. I'm just like a sort of AI metaphor machine. So you don't think about movies until Thursday? Oh, I'm sure uh, at some point it will wander into my head. Because also... Um, I was, I'm looking at the cinema listings on Monday and Tuesday, so I'm thinking, am I going to have a McDonald's before the film or after the film? Oh, so you think about what you're eating earlier on in the week? Um, I guess so, or just like what the general schedule is going to be around the movie. Is it a late viewing? Is it an early viewing? Or is Cineworld going to show, um, or whatever cinema I go to, it's not always that one. Um, is it... Uh, 
are they going to show something a bit independent and interesting or am I going to be watching another Marvel movie? Because, you know, or is it going to be something a bit more Sundance Film Festival indie, you know, like Cat Person or something like that, which spikes my interest a bit more. So when the cinema listing appears, that's always interesting. Do you ever think about what you're going to wear on the Friday? Um, no. The only thing is you have to more and more these days because for some reason in cinemas, I think because it's air conditioning, I always find that it gets really cold by the third act of the movie. It gets really chilly. And I think it's just the air conditioning has just been on for a long period. So I always make sure I've got that extra layer, you know, just you don't want frostbite when you're trying to focus on the plot. <laughs> no, you don't. That immersive, that you're actually on the Titanic or something like that, or in a war field. Sort of temperatures that low. So before we hear what movie you went to watch last night, was it a good night out and was it a busy night out? And did you come back going, that was a super Friday evening at the cinema? The only thing is, I don't want to give away that my um, ice chalk score would be too transparent. Well, I guess I mean the actual night itself, the food, the people, it was busy, it felt like... It was very, very busy, I think. Oh, um, do I know what you went to go and see then? Did you go and see Ridley Scott's new one? Absolutely Napoleon, yes. Here we go, have some of that. Talking about the Bolero, you were Mexican there for a second, sort of dancing in the streets, which is the reaction people want. That's what Apple Plus paid for it. Yeah, you went to see, wow, did you? So you must have been pumped. Oh, I was. Afternoon. Like Schwarzenegger in the 70s, pumped. Definitely. 100%, two mighty biceps. Take us through your late afternoon and your early evening in the film, and over to you. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was Ridley Scott's. Um, Napoleon, and um, just as I entered into the foyer, there was a, a massive nine-foot billboard of a whacking phoenix on a horse, holding a sword with blood-red font saying Napoleon. I just thought that's a marketing feast. Imagine if that was you, if you had made it in Hollywood. Well, in, in these days with Mid Journey, I probably could do that in the AI. Uh, Mid Journey. I was probably called Majeur in France, which is better marketing. But um, with Dali or Mid Journey, I probably could put, you know, just all I need to do is just write David Edwards on a horse, Napoleonic era. And um, yeah, definitely. In another universe, they're doing a podcast where they go, I walked in and there was a nine foot massive billboard of David Edwards on a horse holding a sword. Running into action, flipping egg. Personalised advertising. I mean, that's probably going to be the future, isn't it? Napoleon. Um, it'd probably be like Napoleon the aftershave. So it wouldn't be a film starring an actor. The idea would be if you wear this aftershave, women are going to uh, love you, men are going to fear you, you'll be like Napoleon. There's a photo of me uh, on a horse with a sharp blade up in the air. I'm sure that's all the future will be. It'll take no time for that to happen. I mean, as I said, I could create that image now and... Um, send it to someone like Etsy and they could then blow it into a massive eight foot poster and I could have it above my couch probably around Tuesday and be eating my microwave dinner macaroni and cheese with me as a giant Napoleon star let's do it I think I think I've just worked out your Christmas present well please make that a reality please make that a reality 
I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't put that on your wall no but i put it in a room but i perhaps put it in my shed and visit it once a week and just stare at it and just think that's the real man that's what um sussex hasn't yet met but someday i'm going to put it together and they will meet him napoleon 2.0 edwards when um men could be men on horseback what are you going on about I don't know. Terrible, isn't that? <laughs> I'd have it hidden in a shed for me to have like intimate moments with, you know, just to, to gaze at. Yeah. I watched uh, Louis Theroux with um, Joan Collins. Oh, is that good, that one? It, yeah, it was check good. It was good. That's on my list to watch. The very first scene, she's in a room with just, just framed photos of like front covers of her absolutely filling the walls. Wow, that's what just, I'm hoping for. Just Joan Collins ever flipping out. I love those Louis through celeb ones. And Peter Dotty was last week. I need to check that one out as it's well. Good. Yeah, it's good. And who was who's the boxer? Joshua Anthony Joshua Anthony. Yeah. yeah. That's a really I saw that one. That was great. Oh did you hear that? The T V um the T V alarm went off. We're talking about T V. Oh there we go. The TV alarm's gone off. Slap wrists. We're cinema purists here at the Random Generator. So, know. were you excited going into the cinema last night to watch it? Eight foot uh, whacking Phoenix with a blood red Napoleon credit. I mean, what more do you need yet? I was this, pumped. This, this is event cinema, yeah? Is 100%. It? Apple Plus has paid for it, but it's going to be out in the cinema for um, uh, a good month. But yeah, November, December, and then you can stream it on Apple in January. So they've given it a good old theatre theatrical window, and it is event cinema. You're quite right. Yeah, yeah, massive. It's Ridley Scott, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it's a big, epic Ridley Scott film. So that changes the way you think about what you're going to eat. I think you're going. No, this is a big moment in the cinematic year calendar. Fuck it, I'm going to eat loads and loads of waffles. Is that right? I I, I went um, more flapjack. Focus this time around. <laughs> yeah, it's fair a, enough. It was a bizarre purchase in the sense that um, it's one never of the, had never had that on the podcast. The flapjack, really? Don't think. Don't think, don't think we've mentioned it. Um, basically, um, it's a real. I, I can't remember the name of the brand in Tesco's, but it's one of their. It's Molly. It's a really cheap brand in Tesco's called Molly, and um, they do a giant tray of flapjack so you have to kind of um almost it's not like in civilized I'm looking, I'm looking at it i basically shared that with ryan and we just sort of ate it like two raccoons and just sort of took bits of bits apart and just sort of snapped bits off just sort of ate away at it <laughs> miss molly's flapjack tray bake yeah tray bake so i think it's supposed to be like the tray of a cake but we just ate it which isn't ideal. I, I felt quite ill afterwards. Okay, so three reviews. Um, can I read? <laughs> oh, please do. Sugar is just intense. Oh, I Sugar. bet it is. I bet it just is. Just intense, man. I could hear it crunching between the teeth. I mean, that's how you become diabetic. Just eat Molly Flapjacks. It's basically the base of a cake. It's not even Flapjack, really. Yeah, it looks like what you... Yeah, it's just it's filling a whole tray. How big is it? It's like that. A bit bigger. Is it? Yeah, it was very large. It, it went over both our thighs. Simple as that. Sat there and just uh, ate away, sort of. Thing. 
it was quite a handful. He had a pen knife, luckily, so he could like cut it in half. So he, there was a midway point. Why is he got a pen knife? Oh, it's, it's, um, he uses it as a corkscrew and it's got a very small knife in between so that was brought out a blade very Napoleonic Napoleonic sort of period piece vibe it's one of those things it's like it's like any intense affair isn't it it's like at the beginning the flapjack relationship was just dynamic but it just l- loves you and leaves you very quickly oh I bet surely you had to did you have a liquid with that Yes, um, they were giving away free ice blasters, which is like um, is it blueberry blaster? ice blaster. What's an ice blaster? It's basically a hush puppy. So this is something from Star Wars. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. it probably is the sort of thing they would have sort of in the uh, canteen. An ice Tatooine. blaster and a Miss Molly's. <laughs> what more do you need? How to run um, yourself. Can I read out the reviews? Oh, please do, yeah. First review, revolting. Dry with a horrible chemical taste. The worst flapjack I've ever tried. I don't know about that. Was, I mean, what was missing was there wasn't any currants or chocolate chip. It was just a pavement of flapjack. But listen to this one, Dave. A pavement, <laughs> <laughs> a pavement slab. Absolutely. Yeah, it was literally. Second review. Excellent OT texture. Yes, if you'd have that, yeah. My Pleasant point. syrupy flavour. Yes, they've got too much though after a while. A few chunks make a nice afternoon snack with a glass of squash or juice. Blimey! <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't have a, had an ice blast, I didn't have squash or juice. Okay, uh, there's a couple more reviews. It feels soft whilst it's in the packet, but don't be mistaken. It's drier than the desert. Bread is more moist than this. Blimey. Well, that was okay, but it was very cheap. Well, how much is it? You'll like, the, you'll like this, David. £1.35. £1.35? That's cheaper than the hot dogs. That's a real... That's me and him done. The ice blaster was free. And the... Um, I mean, £1.35, you can find that behind the back of the couch. And it was a massive, it literally was the front door pavement of a, um, a flatjack. Sorry, carry on. Absolutely delicious. Ignore the twattish reviews. This is better than Monk's Habbard on a winter's day after rainfall with birds singing, having caught a fly on its wing. What the fuck? Guys, Keats has come back to life to review flatjacks. David, it's five star or one star according to this. Well, so what would you give it? I would say um, it was basically five star for half an hour. No, no, not even that. 20 minutes. I would say it was six out of five. It it transcended mathematics um, for 20 minutes. And then it just loved me and dropped me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was just like, then then you've got that hideous window where you're just still eating it. And you don't want it anymore. But it's there in front of you. But you still eat it. And then there's an inner wrestle with that. It's like, why are you still eating this? It's making you feel ill. And you're losing the plot of the film because you're having an inner dialogue argument with yourself. Yeah. Well, David, so you're feeling shit. Um, But you're sitting in amongst a packed um, auditorium. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, what do they call it? Um, 
transgenerational, don't they? Whereby it's a film package concept that attracts a very wide audience. So you've got the Napoleonic retired um, couples. You've got dad history buffs. You've got Joaquin Phoenix uh, fans. And you've got your mainstream Woodley Scott, who, you know, grew up watching Gladiator and Kingdom of the Heart. So, you know, as they And you've got it, your podcast presenters. Absolutely. They've got to give free, fresh content to the people of Britain to keep up on, you know, to start climbing that slippery pole called a podcast chart. So it really is, um, there's a lot of USPs to hook people in, and you could see it in the cinema massively. So it's very, 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 very popular. Were you excited about watching this movie? You like Ridley Scott and... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Not not to the level of David Fincher, the killer, but there was enough there to hook me in. You know, Whacking Phoenix, interesting. Napoleon, interesting. And I am in my 40s. I'm not a dad, but, you know, I am that 40-year-old, like, oh, it'll be interesting to, uh, you know, fill in those Napoleonic historical gaps in my knowledge. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, a bit of education slash, you know, war epic... Um, you know, yeah, definitely. The sort of thing I like to watch on a Sunday afternoon. You know, Boxing Day Entertainment with a big budget. I mean, Ridley Scott's fascinating. He's 85. And like, you know, he's just made this movie. He's in bloody Malta now, finishing off Gladiator 2. Do you know what I mean? It's just bonkers, the amount of films he makes. I don't understand how he can do it at 85. Just incredible. No. I am um, watching Joan Collins. She's 90. I couldn't believe it. She looks amazing and she's bright as a button. I'm, there I'm, is no way I'm going to be bright as a button at 90. Do you think it's because they've got the money to like have um, private health and they've got someone just monitoring them consistently? Wow. Maybe. I, I, I look bit, forward to watching that. Bit of that, bit of jeans. Is the whole thing... Yeah, it's jeans as well. You're quite right. Is, um, is it really good? <laughs> I, I love, oh, the alarm's gone off. Oh, God, that bloody alarm. But fair enough. You've got to keep, you've got to keep discipline this way. You've got to keep your format. So how's, how, I imagine this uh, film, Ridley Scott film, is about two hours 45. No, I read an, I read an uh, interview with him and he said he talked about the numb-bum effect in the edit. No, oh, that's interesting. I don't know about the number. Oh, now I bring something to the table. He talks oh, you about genuinely do you regularly he, do when he's editing his movies. He keeps an eye on the numb bum effect. If he's feeling like he's shifting around in his seat, he's done. So oh, he tries to he tries to keep movies. He said absolutely below three hours. They should never be over three hours. So he, I think he was talking about two hours. And a half, two it's, hours it's literally two hours and a half. But Bang. he's the king of director's cuts, isn't he? And he already he's got a director's cut of the film ready to um, stream on Apple Plus. It'll be four hours long. But the cinema version, you are right, is two hours and a half. But he's the king of director's cuts. He's always tinkering with his films, particularly Blade Runner. And he's done it with Alien. But he always goes back and uh, adds footage, takes things away, voiceovers, things like that. And uh, he's never quite done type of thing. People are a bit critical. It's a case of, well, he's an auteur. Surely he's got final cut. Why does he just bring out the version, you know, he wants straight away? I mean, with Blade Runner, it was different because the studio did take it away from him because it was early in his career. But um, he does play around with director's cuts a hell of a lot. 
The Tim Burton one's interesting. I heard that when Tim Burton looks at early footage, he always wants um, cinema snacks. Like oh, yeah, I think you've told us that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So yeah. for some reason he thinks that's important. That's part of the psychology and experience of it. Well, it bloody is important. That's why we talk about it every week. Absolutely. That's why we talk about snacks. We know about cinema. We understand Tim Burton, where he's coming from. So for people who turn their nose up at our hot dog anecdotes, they're in the wrong. Cinema and gluttony go hand in hand. Did you like the movie? What's the movie about? No, the, we know that. <laughs> the movies are... So I'm just going to take a pluck off. About that, I apologise. It'll overheat. My laptop battery will overheat. So the mundanity of life is encroached upon cinema there, which is not what you want. Um, so it is basically, it's about Napoleon. It's a biopic. <laughs> I hope so too. Absolutely. Dear yeah. me. Um, and Stupid it's uh, whacking Phoenix plays Napoleon, and uh, it's not quite birth to grave. Um, you meet him um, in his early military days, primarily when he's a promising general figure, and it goes all the way to um, what I think was his death, but certainly when he's exiled on an island, the second island he's exiled at. Uh, right at the end of the film. So you're basically right. doing the whole of Napoleon's, um, the majority of his life. Keep talking. Um, I would say... It, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, it's not... Um, it, it, oh! I have problems with it, unfortunately. It didn't quite hit the... Um, the mark for me really it's not it's not poor it's definitely got some amazing moments a lot of the reviewers absolutely love the action sequences and the war in places some of the action is impressive such as there's a lot of brutality towards horses and cannonballs which um, makes you squirm but does what it's supposed to do brutality towards cannonballs uh, towards horses with cannonballs oh with cannonballs right okay, absolutely yeah. um, so which is Quite, it certainly does what it's supposed to do, which shows you the brutality of the period. There's an amazing bit, which I won't spoil for anyone, but it's concerning an ice lake, which um, Napoleon uses very strategically. That's very impressive. I always think, where is it next to Saving Private Ryan? And um, I would still say that hasn't really been topped when it comes to battles, as much as Ridley Scott um, is incredibly good. I would, Whacking Phoenix... I would say is highly, highly competent in the role, but doesn't do anything unique and impressive. And that's so easy for me to say that. I haven't even, I'm not even in amateur dramatics, but um, I, I, I wouldn't say anything specifically interesting was in, and also I would, um, in his performance. And the other thing is I'd say is um, it would have been a lot more interesting if they just took one slice of Napoleon's life, like Waterloo, the French coup, um, is it when he sort of um, takes over France, doesn't he? He becomes the emperor, mm. and he literally becomes the king of France. What is that called? A, um, coup. a coup, not a coup. Yeah. That's what you keep chickens for God's sake. Um, if they just focused on that one aspect, because well, you you show sure it's the chicken coop would be lovely. Ab absolutely, <laughs> quite right. Let's focus on that. Um, but you, you can we do a scene from the. The, the chicken coop. Absolutely. The, the polyon. 
Why am I in the coop with the chickens? Let me out at once. Hand me my blades. Gather around me hens and roosters. We will rise and bring the farm to, farmer to his knees. Oh, I like that. There was a growl. That, that, that hen in the back is a soldier. Come forward. Come forward. I will give you some seed. I don't know where we're going with that. That's strange, isn't it? Oh, dear. So basically, um, you know, the coup takes place. I didn't even understand the coup. Just suddenly out of the blue, he comes back from um, Egypt. And then suddenly he looks around. He's not happy what's happening with France. And he kind of just sort of takes over. And um, you shuffle like six years, ten years, six years, ten years. And it just moves way, way, way too um, too quickly. I think that's why Downfall was really good, the Hitler film, the Germany-produced Hitler film, where you just stay with Hitler in the bunker for his final days, and you just have that um, that one episode, that one situation, and it's a case of... Um, and that is a good mirror into the psyche of that personality instead of trying to do their... Ex- their, their entire life hence why he's done another edit that was four hours because the theatrical one just shuffles between um epic moments so for instance he was exiled on an island and then he decides to come back to france and they don't go into detail how he managed to actually force his way back into france he just randomly meets with a bunch of soldiers in a graveyard and sort of says to them, I'm back, I missed you, what do you think? And they always just have a big group hug and that's it. And the politics behind it aren't really explored. But having said that, um, Vanessa, I can't remember her name, how embarrassing. Um, what is her name? Oh, Jesus. Well, sorry, pardon me. Bringing him into it. He's not going to help me. Um, <laughs> I want to say Vanessa Redgrove. It's not her. Vanessa Kirby, who plays his love interest, she's very well performed. And it's interesting what hooks you in, because one thing that did hook me in is he can't have an heir. She can't produce a child. And that was a hanging question mark over the film, and that did dramatically engage me. But outside of that, it's just, it it feels too fragmented. You just like gallop between these moments. Whereas the, um, his relationship with, um, with his wife, that felt more consistent throughout the plot. And there were moments in the action sequences, as, as I mentioned, where he does this amazing coup whereby, um, he uses a nice lake, um, very effectively. And it's visually incredible. Uh, yes, in places, 100%. Because characters, no, no, I wouldn't say 100%, or 60, 70%. I would, characters just come and vanish. You get these loads of moments where you get British actors appear to have dialogue with him about whatever period he's in. Like Mark, no, Kevin Eldon will suddenly appear and he'll do a bit of uh, dialogue with him. You sort of vaguely know who he is in the story. Then lots of characters, lots of British actors that are in the thick of it suddenly appear. Do you know how you sort of vaguely know them from British comedy? And it's just like, it was just too fragmented for me. Simple, simple as that. John Salmon says, Le Bord. Uh, has he seen it? Has anyone seen the poem? Yeah, has anyone seen it? Anyone in the... Uh, Please, because I'd be interested in the, Lots of people you know. watching today. I think it's the most we've ever had. Mm. Loads of people. Let's say hello to them very quickly. John Salmon, Ryan Holder, Jeff Dale, KB, Zoe F, welcome. James, Carl, welcome. 
Dr. Greggles, welcome. DDD PPP Z German, welcome. Nicola Haddo, welcome. Uh, I haven't missed anyone. Uh, Stink Bits, welcome. Jez Cordell, welcome. Um, other people were watching. Toodlebug, welcome. Other people watching who aren't writing. Daniel Clark, welcome. Swing John Swingler, welcome. Gregor, welcome. Vander Irwin, welcome. Matt Sharp, welcome. Loads and loads of people uh, watching. Um, yeah, if anyone's seen it, I yeah, think John I, Porter's watched it, and he says... Oh, yes, that's interesting. Oh, very similar to you. Some great individual scenes, but it jumped all over the place overall. I was disappointed. Yes, I... Yeah, that's exactly how I say it's Do you know what, though? It's funny, when I came out of the cinema, that same poster filled me with excitement that I mentioned earlier. I just thought, that's the film I wanted to see. I don't know what the film is. But it makes you realise that so much of film is about marketing. Do you know what I mean? So much of it is the pre-hype. I guess a lot of life is like that, isn't it, ultimately? <clears throat> Daniel Clark says, I was going to see it tomorrow, but David's just put me off. Oh, good grief. Well, you Jeff never Dow know. says, I'm not going to bother now. Mark Commode um, gave it quite a solid review. So, you know, who am I for crying out loud? Well, David, you know what? Daniel, welcome. Yeah, saw it Wednesday. Totally agree with David. Should have been a 10-part miniseries. And that's what it probably will be on um, uh, Apple Plus. Lisa Ford. I like that you stand your ground now, and you you tell the world what you think. Absolutely. Um, I need to that generally on my street. You know, well, I'm like that family, as well. Yeah. Stand my bloody ground, sort of thing. Well, You're quite right. <clears throat> let's have a guess at how many start, how many chalk ices out of five. David is going to give. Napoleon. Is it just called Napoleon? It is, is that the, Napoleon. Okay. okay. Don't, so don't tiptoe around it. Say what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a little guess. So if you can guess in the YouTube and everyone listening at home, you have a little guess. I'm gonna go for this. How many chalk ices David's gonna give it out of five? So people are, yeah, people are agreeing with me. This is a German. I, I considered that as a German. Daniel goes, ooh, interesting. Okay, David. So, how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give Napoleon? Definitely just, it is a three. Simple as that. There you go. No messing around. Telepathic, cinematic moment. Okay. That's a, that's a floppy, isn't it? It's like whacking phoenixes. I mean, I, I sound like a really fickle audience member, but it's like you expected a bit more from him in a way. It's just like uh, it wasn't. It's not a bad performance at all, but it's a case of um, not bringing much to the table. The other thing is I found confusing is that um, when you're dealing with so many different nationalities, no one does an accent. So there's no one who does a French accent at all. And it's like, are you supposed to be French or are you part of the British Army? So it shuttles around really quickly. And because no one's doing accents, you don't always really know where they're coming from. It's quite humorous in places. I mean, that's quite a nice element. Do you know what I mean? That um, adds to it. But it's not a whacking Phoenix um, Paul Thomas Anderson performance like in The Master. Well, David, like thank you so much for this week's new movie review. Thank you, Captain. Thank you for your time. David Edwards. Movie News.
Hi, David. Got any movie news for us? Certainly have. Let's. Um, okay. It's movie either. news time. Okay. Anything? Little... Anything exciting? Uh, there's there's some exciting stuff happening here. Jackie Chan and Ralph uh, Macchio are are teaming up for a new Karate Kid film, and they are doing an open cast calling. It's announced on YouTube. If you think you're the next Karate Kid, send in a video. We want to meet you. We want to greet you. We want to put you on the uh, the next you know um, step or whatever it would be called to Karate Kid fame. So those I presume two, you're not going to bother. No, I'm, I'm, I've looked into it. I'm too old, apparently. Oh, um, how old you got to be? Well, you got to. I think you've got to be like um, in your sort of wonderful mid-teens type of thing. And it's like a crossover brand in the sense that it's going to be Cobra Kai and also the um, Jackie Chan Karate Kid franchise, which is the movie that starred Will Smith's son. So they're like taking those two worlds and kind of overlapping them. So that's a big deal. The other thing that looks... Oh, Nicholas Holt, well-known about a boy actor. And also, you know, he was the beast in the X-Men films. He's going to be um, the new Lex Luthor in Superman. If you saw him, you'd know him. And uh, you're, not a, you're not a comic book fan, Amigo, but there are going to be them out there. I know, I know they're out there. We've, we've, yeah. got, we've got to feed that appetite. And Have Doug... We? Doug Lyman, apparently, well, they're on a slide because the Marvels, the latest film, has they're done... They're on a slide because no one gives a shit. Well, I think they are beginning to be like that because the Marvels has done terribly in cinema. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. And, and are you saying that five, ten years ago that would have done well, What, whatever that film is? The Marvel, sorry, uh, Captain Marvel grossed over a billion the Marvels, which is like her sequel in a way, but other characters from other shows joining her in it, um, that would go nowhere near a million. They'll probably hopefully get their money back and that'll be it. I doubt they'll even make a profit. So it really has dropped in a big, big way. And they say primarily because, um, well, someone pointed out that these Marvel films and TV shows are so interconnected now that it's just impossible to keep up with them that in actual fact the Marvels is a sequel to two TV shows and a movie you know it's so interconnected the other thing is Doug Lyman the guy who directs the first I heard that name on this pod loads and loads well Doug Lyman is going to be rebooting The Saint with um, Reggae Jean Page Who's it? Um, he's a um, actor who was in The Grey with Ryan Gosling, but also in Bridgerton, a very popular Netflix is it show. Reggae, and this is, is yeah, I think it's right. Reggae Jean Page, and um, this is going to be potentially his big star vehicle, right. The Saint, and he's going to be the Do you same. Remember when it was on TV? Oh yeah, Roger Moore, hundred percent. It was someone else as well, wasn't it? Val Kilmer. Right. Um, reboot with the director of The Fugitive. But I always, it used to come on and I'd go, ooh, as a kid. It was like the fall guy. It would come on, I'd get excited. Yeah, and then I was I'd never go, amazed. Oh, yeah, I was. Don't, don't yeah, I know. It had a great, like, banana, and then um, the Saint uh, Haley would appear over his head from that team. Oh, maybe it was the return of the Saint, like Ian Ogilvy. Ian Ogilvy, oh, that's go. the one. Yeah. Yeah, tried to reboot it quite a few times without Roger Moore. I don't think it's ever really come um, come together to that degree. I've got some news. Oh David. yes. Oh, share, please share. Go so for today, it. I'm going to take the boys 
to a little, little um, what do you call it, a little day class with one of oh, the yeah. animators from Ardman. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're going to sort of show. And get this, if you're listening, if you're listening, I wonder if he's listening. I might meet him today. I'm quite excited. He's a, he's a patron wow. and uh, he's called Jim. And he, I think he came to watch my tour show like five or six years ago. But he's, like locally, he's doing a little Ardman thing. So we're taking the boys there to learn how to make little models. And, how yeah. cool is that? That's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think when I went to Edinburgh, I think he was doing these classes oh. then. I could be wrong about that. I could be completely wrong. Okay, there's my news. And he's worked on Arby. Yeah, yeah, like Sean, Sean the Sheep and I don't know if he works on Chicken Wow, yeah. that's, that's going to be fascinating, isn't it? That'd be really interesting. Yeah, there's my news. I'll be, I'll be interested to hear how that goes. That'd be, um, yeah, that'd be great in going through that. He'd be amazing. Do you know what? He'd be amazing to um, invite to the podcast for an interview yes. if you get to chat to him. That'd that be amazing. That is super right. Jim, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listen to this, but maybe I'll get in touch with him. Oh, I might see him today. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Do you get the idea that he maybe was around for wrong trousers and stuff like that? Oh, that'd be fascinating. Chicken Run 2 is coming out this Christmas on Netflix, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. Mel Gibson's not doing the voice. They've got different people voicing it now. But um, yeah, it's a sequel to it. Okay, ultimately. any more news? Absolutely. No, that was my fault for stepping in with my No, no, go step away, Captain, step away, step away. You know, push the door open more the merrier. Basically, um, All Quiet on the Western Front, which was the big Netflix Oscar film last year. I don't know if it won any, but it was nominated. It won, it won BAFTAs. It won all the BAFTAs. Yeah, it, it did very well. I love the music in that. I thought that was amazing. This sort of like droning, synthesizer music alongside a sort of war period piece it was great. Basically, he has been handed the Born Identity franchise to reboot. They don't know if Matt Damon's going to be back, but um, he's the man in charge of uh, taking Born into the future. So that's going to be his next project. Some people are wondering what he's going to do that next. The other thing that looks interesting that comes out in 2024 is uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4, um, where uh, Eddie Murphy is partnered with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as two cops in um, in Beverly Hills dealing with crime, and new photos of that have appeared because apparently they tried to do a, um, a TV show reboot of um, Beverly Hills Cop, and it just did not work without that Eddie Murphy flavour, as the producers called it. And they said, you know what we need to do? Just get Eddie back and make a movie. And um, the images for that have, have come DDDPPP out. says Chicken Run Two is a massive coup. Um, is, is it a massive coup? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Massive co- chicken Run I mean, 2 is a massive coup. A massive coup. So a coup is where the chickens exist. Yeah, it's just like a massive coup. Massive coup. Massive coup. Absolutely, absolutely. Is that referencing to what I said earlier? It's a joke. Massive coup. Yeah, I, I, that, for some reason, I've, gone, I've turned to a robot. I'm... 
You have movie news has taken a real different... I know, really. Let's, let's get some really energy in <laughs> Dear God, I don't know why. What I should do is what I always do, is just manically laugh with everyone else. You I never laugh. So I crush you. You never laugh. Well, that's worrying, that is, isn't it? So let's do that again. Chicken Run 2 is a massive coop. <laughs> oh, humour. I need can more we, of it, Can mind. we do it like a, yeah. like a genuine laugh, see if we can get a real one? I don't think you can. I don't think my, my chemicals are in the right D- place. David, DDDPPP says, Chicken Run 2 is a massive coop. <laughs> oh, it's... No, uh, no yeah. that bit sounds this has got to be David DDD PPP has just said in the comments there Chicken Run 2 is a massive coop <laughs> if I did any more than that it'd be sarcastic so I think it's got the right volume and acoustics oh fucking hell I do worry that I laugh enough. too much like people really make me laugh and I'm like fucking hell no it's one else terrible. is laughing I mean, I, why I, am I, I laughing all the time I, I would like that because it's, um, it's basically dopamine to the brain, isn't it? And that's what we're all running around looking for. Lots of people Some make of me laugh. Drip. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, why is no one else laughing when I'm laughing? So when you're wandering down the high street, you're sort of looking and sniggering at people, sort of. <laughs> well, that made me laugh. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that I mean, made I'm me jealous. Laugh. I can't join in. I can't, I'm, I'm really paranoid about laughing. And if, the more you can laugh, the better, isn't it? Because, you know, it's all about, um, that's the drug we're all looking for, isn't it? Laughter and, that, oh, shit. John Porter says David Edwards' laugh is very posh. Thank you. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's a laughter of a man on a horse laughing at a, a servant falling in a puddle. Oh, dear. David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. No, thank you for your time, your patience, your energy, and your passion. There's nothing to laugh about there. Sometimes you just got to be genuine, haven't you? David Edwards, random movie review. <laughs> Right, so this week's movie, random movie review, and I can't remember. It was We Die Young, and it was starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay, so I saw a little clip on IMDb, and it it promised very little. Over to you. I've got got to hand it to him that he's trying something new with this, definitely. It's basically set in the, um, the kind of ghetto streets of Washington, modern day. And it's about Mexican gangs. And it's about a kid who gets sucked into these Mexican gangs by, like, um, sharing the drugs amongst the street. Opens with him, like, giving you a tour of how the drug kind of system works there. And in this same sort of ghetto is this um, ex-soldier played by Van Damme. And you can tell that, you know, he's trying something new in the sense that um, he he, uh, experienced injuries in, I think it was Iraq, he was in one of the more modern contemporary war situations and um, it's left him without a voice so he can't speak at all 
um, he can speak via an app on, I think it's his mobile phone that allows him to speak very basically. But the majority of the time, he is silent. And um, but the, the plot, as it develops, is quite cliched in that, as you expect, he becomes a surrogate father for this kid. And he wants to free him from the shackles of this gang. I, can I say but something, quite, David? Can... You have more pizzazz about your voice for this movie than you did for Napoleon. Well, it's all about expectation in life, isn't it? Napoleon, my expectations were okay. massive. I was like, why am I bored? This sounded like a car crash. But at least he was like, you know, there's something a bit interesting there. You know, the idea of Van Damme not... And also the, um, the action was a bit more gritty... And violent. It wasn't him doing over the top ballet, endless roundhouse kicks. This is surprised me. So, yeah, it, it. I would say um, there was. There's a definite effort. He wasn't just like doing a straight to DVD lazy movie to pay the mortgage for his Austrian, you know, log house holiday home. For What's family. it called again? It's called uh, We Die let's Young. Have, let's listen to a little clip from We Die Young. See lots of junkies come here looking for their fix. Smack, meth, Scoobies, Pac-Mans, you name it. But of all my buyers, Daniel was different. I never got what brought him here. So Daniel? I read it. It's pretty good. You <laughs> find I didn't read it, but I don't. I don't have time for it. <laughs> Fine. Okay, so you sat down to watch this on a Saturday, last Saturday? Absolutely. And you went in there thinking this could uh, this could uh, be... Well, I just thought it was going to be blood sport, you know, just hard target, just real obvious Jean-Claude, just kind of, you know, straight to DVD or streaming. When did days. you know, or when, we, when did you sit there and go, oh, I'm surprised here, this feels slightly different. How far into the movie? Um, the opening, we spent a lot of time with young kid Lucas, and you've got situations with his brother. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not the godfather, but it's like, okay, this is there's a bit more of a narrative going on here, basically. Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't pull off the role consistently. Sometimes his silent acting is almost like a, a monster out of Universal Studios. You know, he's like sort of um, staggering around, and it's not always perfectly done. But then again, every now and then, where he's more natural, with his kind of expressions and reactions. And it's more like he's in the flow of a longer dialogue sequence. It's like, well, that wasn't bad. It's almost as though if he had better directing, he could have probably got through the film without... Because when it doesn't work, it's quite painful. It's a bit over-exaggerated with his kind of like body language. Well, Jeff Dale says sittings, and I'm not going to ask sittings. We'll ask sittings after you've reviewed it, because I don't want to be influenced in any way. Okay, where did you find this? Is it on Netflix or? 
No, I um, I can't remember where I found it actually. You now, downloaded it a week it, ago, and uh, um, I don't think I did actually. I think I got it from Amazon. I think I purchased it from Amazon for a few. Can coins, you imagine back in the like day, what, like going to Blockbusters? Can you imagine ever a moment where you would have gone, "I'm going to get that out. I'm going to pay three. No way. No, 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 not at all. No. Oh. Right. Oh no, because I'm. I, I would have had the expectation of what we've just spoken about that I had beforehand. So I wouldn't have embraced a Jean-Claude Van Damme film at this point in his career. It's, I don't know. I've never watched any of his movies. I've never... I really never, never watched a Jean-Claude never. Van Damme film. Where has he come from? Who is he? Is he an actor? Um, yeah, he was an actor at the beginning. He was a stuntman. He was originally going to be the Predator. And um, for some reason, uh, he fell out with the director, John McClane. No, that's yeah, it's John McClane. No, John McClane is the mate is the maker of is the diehard action hero. So it's um John McTyron is a director of Predator and he fell out with John McTyron, he lost his role as the Predator. But it's like Dolph Lundgren, it was that kind of career where he did endless networking and um, you know, slept with the right people, a lot of female producers. You know, there was a lot of sort of like John you know, McTiernan. Um, yeah, that's it, John McTiernan. Yeah. He had like he's passed away now, but he had tax issues, didn't he? And he found himself in prison. He's a big oh, director. God, he directed he? Die Hard, yeah. yeah, Predator, yeah. He did a lot of big films, but he found himself in prison because of tax. But um, yes, he was basically a part of that whole kind of martial arts. It was the whole Steven Seagal period, late eighties, early nineties that he leapt onto ultimately, and. It, and the, one of the big films was that he did Hard Target, which was John Woo's first American film. And that gave him a push. And also, when he was at his peak, he did Time Cop, which was like um, an idiot version of Minority Report. Um, but uh, that came out before Minority Report, this idea of um, you know time-travelling cops. Well, David, so if everyone could have a guess at... Um how many chocolates out of five Davies going to give We Die Young? Um, I've got... Just to say, not that Minority Report's a time travel film, but predicting the future, Thank I mean. You. Some people might be annoyed by that, just to make that clear. God, who would be annoyed by that? Charkins. There's people out there. I've ruined someone's Saturday morning with that Minority Report uh, comment. Okay. Right, so... Okay, KB's had a guess. Richard Bayliss had a guess. I'm with you, Richard Bayliss. The Cardboard Giraffe has had a guess. Ooh, okay. Toodlebug's had a guess. Sam Paul's had a guess. Here we are. David, it's over to you. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give We Die Young? Two point five. Oh, there okay. we go. Zoe F said 2.5. The German, Dr. Greggles, Jess Cordell said this has got 2.5 written all over it. It's fake. It just goes very cliched after a while. It starts off with promise and also it's, it's performance is patchy. It's not consistent. It's a bit of a Daniel Radcliffe early Harry Potter performance where, um, or Daisy Ridley. Um, it's the first Star Wars film where you can see that you can always see the first days of filming even though it's 40 minutes 50 minutes into the movie it's like that was the first scene you filmed wasn't it you're still getting your head around how to be silent you know David how many sittings 
you know what? The first act, I sat happily watched the whole thing, so the first half an hour. But then as it, the, the pacing got quite slow, um, you know what? I think the thing with Jean-Claude Van Damme is I, I, I respected that it tries to go more character-based. His action tries to be more gritty. But you do start to realise that, you know, you do need that over-the-top action to get the whole Jean-Claude Van Damme engagement. And that was lacking in the third act. And... Uh, can you do, can you do an impression like of Jean-Claude take... Van Damme doing some karate? Come on, come on, come on, come on. You got more than that. Blowing sarcastic kisses at them and then... Acha. <laughs> silence. They're all dead. Panning around the room, just men, corpses who once had families and were in love, but are now just empty flesh puppets. David, thank you so much for this week's random movie review. Thank you, sir. Thank you. David Edwards. Movie David, have you got any movie tips at all? Got a movie tip. I've got a YouTube love passion that I'm having at the moment over a TV, over over um, a, a series, a love passion. Yeah, it's sort of like I'm, I'm excited right, about yeah. it type of thing. And um, it's called The Edit Show. And it's a podcast. And I used to listen to it as a podcast. It's rather good. But as a YouTube, they take the podcast and they turn it into a YouTube video. And it's called The Edit Show. And it's presented by the guy who does all the editing for Mr. Beast. And originally, it was very much about YouTube editing. Which is fine. I still found it interesting. But the last two episodes are fascinating. He interviews the editor for Spider-Verse. Um, Spider-Verse 2. And Daniel... Um, Pendleton is um, included. Pendleton, the guy that you know who's composed your film, he's in there. And also the David Fincher editor for um, uh, The Killer is interviewed. And they really go into detail about edits, uh, drafts, the editing process, uh, decisions. And because it's on YouTube, it's not just a podcast, they really cut to... Oh, also the TV show The Bear. There's a really good one for that as well. And they really go into um, detailed editing kind of um, expectations. Right. I mean, one thing that's really interesting is like because there's so much money. So that's my DVD just fell over there. I wonder who that was. I thought it was like, bloody hell. I've got a raccoon in the flat with me. Um, uh, they talk about how uh, sometimes an editor's job can be quite limiting when it's on a very highly executive producer Disney Plus control. There's a weasel. Goodness, was it really? So was my anecdote getting a bit... No, cool? no, you were looking at a raccoon. I thought I'd look at a weasel. Uh, why not? For crying out loud, I've lost confidence in my... Uh... Yeah. Well, there you go. It's the editing show. Well, you know show, how much I love editing, David. Yep. Yeah. 
I thought that was going to get a, a bigger kind of reaction. Like, oh, that's that's fascinating. Honestly, you no, I really, would. I, I, really I love like it. it. You know, I love it. Um, what's it called again? It's called the Editing Show, and it's the guy. He does all the. Have you heard of Mr. Beast? Yeah. He's a big YouTube influencer, and he edits all his shows. Oh, and also, um, he got the editors on there for Pixar. And I enjoyed it as a podcast, but I've started watching it on YouTube now. And it's really well edited. So, you know, you've got these, these like, um, top of the range editors. And the more you study cinema and you look at it, you start realizing that it's, it might as well just be called the editing art form. One thing they talk a lot about editors, you are right, connecting to what you're saying, is about blinking. But they tried to make sure there was hardly any blinking of Michael Fassbender in The Killer. So he just looked constantly focused and intense. And also they try and avoid blinking in Andor. And also there's the um, well-known editor. I can't remember his name. He um, he directed Return to Oz, but he edited um, Godfather Apocalypse Now in Conversation. And uh, he talks about if the actor's really good, every time the actor blinks, they're changing their emotion. And if you're an editor, you will edit to a different shot every time the actor blinks. So the editor and the actor are never in the same room, but they're still collaborating because you go to a different shot to convey a different emotion. That makes any sense. His name was Arthur. Some, uh, it'll come to me the name of the guy. He also edited a lot of the um, Anthony McGellar films like English Patient and Talented Mr. Ripley. But if, if you're interested in the language of cinema, the editing show, uh, a podcast or YouTube video, highly recommended. David, thank you very much for this week's movie tips. Thank you, sir. PG Tips from David. Was that should be sponsored by PG Tips? That, that's an idea, something to work with. Why not? David Edwards, random movie David, it's the random movie generator section, and Mandy is rumbling around in the background. Oh, I thank her for doing that, even though she's keeping professional. But you know, we've had issues. Okay, You're yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, what's that? Did you get a message or something? Yeah. Or? <laughs> don't, don't worry. No. What's that? <laughs> oh, right. I thought something on YouTube. No, I'm just making a decision whether to voice it. Now we've moved into a new part of the. No, 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 voice no, it, voice no, no, it, no. I thought well, we've moved into a new section of the show, so it's just like a jump in time. So to go back, I was like, should I? Uh, now we no, 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 do voice it. What's that? What's it? I'm interested now. What's it? Um, Lisa just said, I love that. We had this before. So have you recommended that in the movie tip section? Did you recommend it before? I don't think I have. Unless, unless I'm reading. Oh no, I mentioned a book called A Blink of the Eye. Which is about okay. editing, but it's not a TV yeah. show on YouTube. I think that's why so I was like, guy... should I say it? Because Lisa probably means something else, so I won't bother saying it. It's a TV it. show. Yeah, it, so so it's... yeah, I am re- retreading ground because that book I have mentioned yeah. before about the blinking of the eye. Um, so yeah, you are right. That was a book, not the TV show, but in a way, maybe I should get new material. Thank you for that, Lisa. Best friend, best critic. So I'll take that to bed tonight. Thank you very much. 
That was that. That is why I didn't bother reading out the message. Here we go. Please trust me. Absolutely. Quite right. Curiosity killed the cat and um, deflated Edwards. Right, here we go. Let's find you a bloody good movie. Absolutely. Part and tell me what to do. Okay, so let us choose the genre of the first movie that we might be reviewing next week. Please tell... Well, please press that button when you're ready. Stop. War. Oh, there we go. I love a bit of war on the silver screen. Let us choose... Let us choose the decade of this war movie. Oh. 1970s. Ooh. And now we generate okay. four war movies from the 1970s. Mandy has generated them. They're spinning them around. They're spinning around in her lovely orange body. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I can't help it. It's me. Don't fetishize her. She's an individual. Um, Over to you, David. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning the films stop a bridge too far oh yeah 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 okay that's the Richard um, Attenborough directed one yeah okay that's good yeah I think I saw that years ago when I was like 10 it's got like an all star cast isn't it with Sean Connery and Michael Caine I'd be interested in seeing that again okay let us find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing Next week, over to you. Stop. Adventure. Oh, that's my area. Let's just choose the decade of this adventure movie. Stop. 2020s. Come on, Adventure 2020s, bring it on. But then it, then it turns out to be like the trolls or something ridiculous, doesn't it? I guess they go on an adventure, but hardly would you, you know, let's have a look. Oh, listen to me. Okay, Mandy has uh, she's come up with four adventure movies from the 2020s, and it's over to they you. They sound like, they look like adventure films to you. And it's over to you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Tell, me, tell Mandy when to stop spinning. I didn't choose the movies, Mandy did. Stop. Scoob. Wonderful. That's all I need. Isn't that about the early days of Scooby-Doo? It's like a prequel. <laughs> Don't know. I think it's the early days of, of Scooby-Doo. It's like a prequel. That's what I mean. That's not a bloody adventure, is it? Come on. Yeah, you got to be careful what you wish for. I know. Absolutely. But it got a cinematic release, didn't it? The last Scooby-Doo film, they didn't even bother releasing, did they? Warner Brothers just took it off the shelves so they could get a tax rebate for it. Right. So there's a Scooby-Doo film out there that we'll never see. Let us find the genre of the third movie you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Thriller. Oh, you can't go wrong with thriller. You had good genres this week. No. Let's just find the decade of this genre of this uh, thriller. 
stop. 2020s. 2020 a thriller that can't be you know you can't have like some kids film sliding into the background kids don't watch thrillers and they shouldn't anyway okay so there should be something um here we go there's four thrilling movies from the 2020s and it's over to you to tell mandy when to stop spinning them in her belly So, the Boston Strangler. Oh, that sounds like true crime Netflix. Starring Kira movie. Knightley. Oh, really? Yeah. Kira Knightley? Yeah. I never knew she was in the Boston Strangler. How bizarre. Does that give you more hope? It does, absolutely. She's very choosy of a role. She's a bit of a uh, um, Kerry Mulligan, isn't she? A bit of a Kate Winslet um, wannabe. To, not wannabe, what? that's nasty. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> you can tell what I've got more Hollywood phrases, can't you? I fucking love it. LA. If people... Bit you without even knowing. Oh, dear. No, she's not a wannabe. Well, imagine she's, she's um... listening to this. Oh, no, I know. Like, what? I'm a Kate Winslet yeah. wannabe. Oh, fuck you. I've never listened to this again. Who does he think he is? No, what have you ever done, Edwards? What are you a wannabe of? <laughs> Not even a bloody <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to answer anything. If anyone said that to me, what have you ever done? It'd just be like, oh, that's my Waterloo. Okay. So, the movies are Bridge Too Far, Scoob, and The Boston Strangler. I've given them uh, all an A, a B, and a C, and I've jumbled them up. Or have I? Yes, I have. Or have I? And it's over to you, David, to choose blindfoldedly which one you're going to be reviewing next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C. B. The Boston Strangler. There we go. Oh. I never knew. Now then. I've never heard of that one with her at all. How do you feel? Um... Well, now I know Kira Knightley's in it. She's, she's quite good taste with films. They're never very... You know, they're always of a certain kind of um, uh, strata. And as I say, it's like Kerry Mulligan. Do you know what I mean? She kind of... Um, she's got a quality uh, control. What she yeah, is. Well, she's Kate Winslet. Uh, yeah, she, what, she's what certainly inspired. Absolutely. She's got those thespian aspirations. It sounds like a sort of Netflix true crime um, shenanigans. But um, with her involved, suddenly it's like, huh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the brand of an actor, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Actors can have that auto gleam as well, like Kate Winslet, where there's certain expectations. It came out this year. This year. Wow. Well, I better watch it then, if it came out this year. Is it on streaming? Uh, I don't know. But it came out It came out this year. Um, Maybe it hasn't been released yet. Back in the spring. Back in the spring this year, 2020 this year. Okay, so that's strange. I haven't seen any reviews for it, so that is worrying. It's got to be said. We will, uh, we will find out. Can it be streamed? Does it say what it's been streamed? I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. I have to do some research, sir. Well, the Boston, Boston Strangler. Strangler. That, I mean, that's uh, who knows. Can Absolutely. I just read this? A David Fincher-inspired aesthetic. Oh, now oh. then. Who's a director? I can find out if you want. 
Please do. Hello. Hello. The director is Matt Ruskin. Produced by Ridley Scott. We've, we've done full circle. We've been with Scott Free Productions. Distributed by Hulu. Oh, right. Okay. So Hulu, it sounds like it's a streaming movie for Hulu then. Right. Which is part of the Disney um, Corporation. It's on Prime, someone's saying. It's on Prime. Oh, wonderful. I will check that out. Well, it's come from good stead, definitely. Jess Cordell says, starring Winslet wannabe Kira Knightley. <laughs> if someone shouts at me across the high street, oh, here comes Edwards, the Winslet wannabe, I'll be like, yeah, all right, yeah. okay. Well, you, would, you know, yeah, I can't imagine they'd say that to you, would they? No, maybe not. I think I'm putting myself in too much high, high regard. Well, you just don't look like you want to be Kate Winslet. They no, want to be I mean, with you know, her. Different, different story. Or you know, uh, a, a famously respected British export. That's what Kate is, and I'd aspire to be that. Right. Well, you're getting there because we were in the top twenty TV. Absolutely. I mean, Kate Winslet's like several Oscars on the mantelpiece, but two feet firmly on the floor. Mm. You can't be wrong with that. She's regularly seen at petrol stations around West Sussex filling up her own Range Rover. And that has to be respected. Through your binoculars. Absolutely. In focus and uh, just watching on her like like Batman, like a guardian. You don't I think, stalk I think, her, do you? I don't stalk her, but if I do... Well, I've never seen her. I know loads of people who have seen her. It's like Yeti, Bigfoot. You have seen her in Tesco's. You said when you were hiding in your boot with your little telescope, you saw her. There we go, that time, absolutely. My Skoda boots, I got cramped quite horrifically, but it's worth it to see Kate from afar. A lot of people have seen her, like it's like this like, endangered bird, like a puffin every now and then. People say, oh, Kate Winslet was here, Kate Winslet was there. She does um, roam around. Very down-to-earth, people say. You can talk to her about fish and the price of bread. Right, guys, we got... Um, that's the end. Um, I was just going to say, I've got to do my thing, but I thought if we just do five minutes, I want to question. I want to ask you a question, David, just for the patrons. Oh, please that's do. A little Absolutely. patron extra. Um, little thank patron you, gift. Thank you so much, everyone, for downloading and, um, and oh, listening. Oh, no, seriously. You know, jokes aside, thank you for your time and your energy and your patience. Massively appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And 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 again, if you can tell your friends and your family all about the podcast. Oh, that goes without saying. Please, 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 please do. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, oh, everyone. God. And we'll see you next week, which I think is a deep dive because I'm all on a way away on holiday. But um, we'll, we'll be back oh, as normal yes. mid December. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cheers, everyone. Bye bye. Au revoir.